It's now time for On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson. The conversation will range from local dialogue to international. This show is meant to enlighten, inform, and to inspire. On the Line with Cheryl Wilkerson begins now. Hello and welcome to On the Line. I'm your host, Cheryl Wilkerson. Thank you for joining me on this Sunday morning. I appreciate it. I understand that your attention could be divided other ways, but again, we do appreciate it. And if you saw the social media post and by some chance you missed the show, you can always go to our YouTube channel. It's always posted there later in the week. So we're getting it done. Excited about the guest today. We have Mayor Kenneth Cooper Alexander. He's my guest today. Of course, the mayor of Norfolk, Virginia, reelected recently in 2020. And he's also a chancellor of a network of community of career community colleges. And he's also the president of Metropolitan Funeral Services been in this community a long time getting things done. Welcome to On the Line, sir. Thank you, Cheryl, for having me. All right. We're going to have a good time this 30 minutes. Is there anything off off the table that we can't talk about? No, no, um, yeah, no, uh, no, no, it's, yeah, I'm pretty open person, um, pretty, uh, um, yeah, okay. yeah, pretty open. Yeah. You, you know who I am and your audience knows who I am, so I don't think there's much that uh, we can't discuss. Said open book. Let's start with a problem that many cities are having across the entire United States. That is crime. That's been written about so much, Mayor, especially in Norfolk, about the changes that you all have been making to curb some of this violence. Can you bring us up to date on the city's tactics and whether they are working? Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for for that. Um, I would say first, pre-pandemic, pre pandemic, pre pre-pandemic, we were experiencing uh, some of the lowest uh, crime rates, uh, numbers, violent crime, property crime, um, auto theft, you, you name the category. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we, we were trending downward, and that was because of our community engagement, uh, also uh, our programs in, in recreation and in prevention and intervention and workforce development and just doing good things throughout the community and throughout the city. And this is not only the city, but the private sector, our religious partners, our, um, our partners in higher education, you know, working together to, to, for better and safer Norfolk. Pandemic comes uh, a lot of those programs were, were shattered or closed, and we start seeing an uptick in, in crime. And this is not only uh, violent crime, but also um, auto thefts and, and burglaries and you name it. So, Also, look at if you look at, Cheryl, what happened in our penal system in our Department of Corrections, a lot of people were sent home. A lot of people yeah. were let out. Thousands, thousands of people people were let out of, of jail early. Mm-hmm. And those persons returned to communities uh, around the state. And Norfolk was not exempt. Norfolk was not spared from uh, individuals who were serving time being let out of jail early. And um, a lot of those individuals um, 
were in communities where they had previously offended that communities that they know there were opportunities and and so you couple that with with the pandemic people shed out of counseling and therapy and coaching and whatever was helping them to stay well and be well um yeah and and so norfolk and other cities across america experience an uptick in crime Mm -hmm. now some of the things that we we recognize that and we as a city uh, decided that we have to have two approaches. One approach was a very short-term strategies, and that's code enforcement, drug enforcement, traffic enforcement, uh, enforcing uh, the laws and having this zero tolerance policy. And then we also launched some long-term strategies and partnered with the Newark Street team and other uh, persons who can help prevent crimes from happening in the first place through programs and training and, um, uh, you know, getting, getting involved in, in communities at the very local level, at the civic level, grassroots level. Those are some of the strategies that we are currently engaged with mm-hmm. and in. Um, you, you may heard about some of the things that happened downtown on Grammy street and with the clubs and restaurants and bars and, and et cetera. Uh, first approach was to go out and engage those individuals and to have a conversation with them about their establishment and what was happening in their restaurants and, and their businesses. And the second, uh, you educate, you know, you engage, you kind of get to know what's going on. You educate, show them the rule book, show them what they agree to do as relates to their conditional use permit. Mm-hmm. When you have, if you're an establishment that serves alcohol or have a dance floor, have a DJ, a ballroom, um, you apply and, and most likely receive a conditional use permit. You agree to operate your establishment in a certain way and your, your floor plan, your life safety plan, your exit plan, your security plan, it's all laid out. We all agree. We agree. You agree. So we're going to conduct business. Our hours of operation is posted. Mm-hmm. And when we do an unannounced inspection or we engage, we in some cases we determine that, wait, what happened? This is not the floor plan that you submitted. This is not the life safety plan. Where's your security plan? Oh, that wasn't an exit door. How did it become a back door? And what happened to the what happened to uh, the offices? They've been blown out. And there's a dance floor. And, a, and so we find these things when we uh, go and have these inspections. And and when that happens, what we have to say now, we have to enforce. So first we engage, we educate it, we come back the third time. And it's, it's like enforcement. And so it, it, no, no city wants to close down a business. Right. That's okay. not... Norfolk is open for business. We're receptive. We're open for business. We want we want you to start your business in Norfolk and grow your business, scale your business, and reinvest in your business in the city of Norfolk. So that's just a a, a quick kind of overview of you know what we experienced after COVID, during COVID, and and uh, some of the programs and strategies that we have deployed. Those businesses in Norfolk. It bothers me because I'm a softie, so I'm worried about the employees and 
how they're going to make money. And then I'm also worried about that. Of course, you don't want anybody else hurt down there. And I just keep wondering to myself, so what is the answer so that people can have livelihoods, but people don't get killed at the same time? Yes, correct. For example, if your business, according to the farm marshal and, and zoning and planning, you only can have so many patrons because this has the square footage, the floor plan, the exit strategy. And um, when we inspect, we find that you have many more people than it's it's rated for. It's there's a capacity, there's a load that can have only have so many people based on the square footage, and and um, in order to 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 keep the patrons safe as well as um, the owner safe, and we we warn you that that's you have a problem, you can't do this, and you keep coming back, and we come back, and to the point, well, this person's just not getting it, they're just not getting it, mm-hmm. and therefore you you know you have to enforce, and that you're right, people um, lose their jobs, and a business is it's 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 closed, and the city loses revenue, and so it's a domino effect. It's just not. Yeah, it is. The city losing money. We we get that the business is closed, and people may be out of work, and that's it's a very it's, that's difficult. That's very hard. You don't want not to make money. You don't want not to collect taxes, and you don't want people out of work. That's just not the right formula for success. That's it. That's it. I'm speaking with Norfolk Mayor Dr. Kenny Alexander. Can you tell me, can you give me an update on redevelopment within the city of Norfolk? What's going on on that front? Yeah. So, as you know, Norfolk is 97% developed. Norfolk, we're not land rich. Mm-hmm. You know, we're developed. We build out. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of development that you see in the city is it's just that, as you noted, it's redevelopment. It's, it's transformational. Um, you, the the largest uh, redevelopment project right now in the city is, of course, St. Paul's uh, downtown. Uh, St. Paul's, uh, Tidewater Gardens community is being transformed. Right. It, it will be uh, redeveloped into a mixed use a mixed income community. And one of the things I want to share and it doesn't receive a lot of attention that the housing authority and the city, both of us have committed to the right of residents or families to return. So um, before we started this work, mm-hmm. every resident, uh, um, if they made clear that they wanted to return, there's a path for them to return to the, the redefined St. Paul's footprint so they can come back to community, to, to, to the new community. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be mixed income. So uh, not all public housing units. You would have market, market units. Uh, you would have, um, yes, public housing units. As, as well as those persons who uh, may use a, a voucher um, you know, assisted to receive assistance with their with their rent and that formula that model creates um, 
a community that reflects Norfolk. Norfolk is uh, made up of various income brackets. Mm-hmm. Right. We traditionally we have had more public housing than any other city in the region. So more public housing units are in the city of Norfolk than any other city in the region. And so that's who we are, and that's part of our our family, part of our story. Also, Norfolk hosts most of the most of the uh, arts and culture amenities and facilities, from the Chrysler to the to the Harrison Opera House to to the Virginia Stage Company, uh, you know, to, the, to to Scope or our venues, seven venues, Scope and Chrysler Hall, and the Attics and Norfolk. Of course, we have. The universities are here, mm-hmm. Norfolk State University, Old Dominion University, Eastern Virginia Medical School is here, Tidewater Community College Home Office is here, and Virginia Wesleyan, although most of their property is in Virginia Beach, they started in Norfolk and they, for, for years, used their principal address, um, Wesleyan Drive in Norfolk. Um, so Norfolk, I say that to say that all of those properties that I mentioned, including the Naval Base and the Port of Virginia and the Research Hospital, Trauma Hospital over at Centera and, and the Children's Hospital at THKD, all are wonderful employers. Actually, they employ a lot of people okay. yeah. and they're, they're assets, but they don't pay any real estate taxes Correct. at all. Correct. And, and how I... How, I primarily fund the state, the city's budget, primarily from what <laughs> real estate taxes. So it falls on, it falls on ratepayers, those who pay uh, real estate taxes, um, to carry the lion's share of of shaping and formulating our budget. And so those are some of the challenges as it relates to redevelopment. So why can't Norfolk, you know, redevelop this or redevelop that? Well, we're 97% developed. Number two, um, a lot of our property is non-tax. We don't control it. And number three, um, the properties that we do control, we certainly uh, are open for business and look forward to developers, large and small, large and small. So you don't have to be a large developer to do business enough. You can be a small developer with an idea, with a dream, concept. You bring that, we'll try to figure it out and try to get it to market and try to help that dream become a reality. I am wanting to ask you about topics that I hear people on the street talking about. When you mentioned the scope, I hear people all the time saying, the scope needs a do-over. Is there a plan for the scope to have a do-over? Also, I want to ask you about Calvert Square and Young Terrace. Yes. So scope. Let's take scope first. Yeah, scope uh, needs a refresh. It needs. A, it needs. It needs. A, uh, it's an iconic look. I mean, it's a. It is. It is. Yeah, it's. 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 It, and, and of course, the, um, the. It's. It's been very difficult, of course, to keep scope, uh, you know, clean because it. It seems that the. The the, the material, the, the concrete, the material that scope, is. Um, the exterior material there, there is, it appears that it absorbs um, everything, mm-hmm. everything from, 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 from its surroundings. And it, um, so it's been very difficult to, 
to keep it clean. You know, it needs power washing and power washing, power washing. Um, but that's just the exterior. We we looked at a few years ago um, increasing the seating capacity at Scope when we were when we were looking at building an arena downtown. The first thing we wanted to do is let's look at Scope. What is the feasibility of increasing the seating capacity at Scope? And what we were told by structural engineers and, and the architect that you would we would have to dig down oh you know just almost like a, a tunnel okay. but you mm-hmm. you know but you, you're going uh instead of going uh horizontal like for a tunnel you're going vertical you're going down you, you got to go deep 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 um in order to build to to increase the bowl increase the capacity the price tag for that at the time was north of 300 million dollars like million. whoa yeah, it's, yeah to, 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 to increase the capacity to get and then, and then you, we were only adding probably three or four thousand seats well still that that's still you know with the ten thousand eleven thousand that we have now that still was sizable you know adding could get up to maybe fourteen fifteen thousand and that then is so we, much money and it seems like it's a lot of money. Yeah, that doesn't equate to the number of seats in my brain. Yeah, and then you, you compare that to building a, you know, a new arena, um, because even when you're doing that type of redevelopment, you're going to run into some issues. And the architect and the civil and the structural engineer, you know, they say, "Oh yeah, we we'll do this." And so my question is, you know, how are you going to how are you going to deal with the water and the water table and, and water? the floor from flooding or now we're going to put pumps and we can put, you know, we can put barriers and we can drain. And so it got very complicated. Right. And to the point where we said, let's look at building a new arena um, somewhere in the city for the region. And that's the work that we are undertaking right now, uh, building a new arena for the region. And of course, military circle, that area came up as a possibility downtown of course we floated that um, we put out an rfp for military we receive uh, about eight or so uh, responses we narrowed it down to three responses mm-hmm. of three right and we we have all three of them still in front of us one of them we're going back and forth with um but and you're that's not where we are with tell that. us which one huh <laughs> Oh no, no the one that the one that we've been going back and forth with is is is, is, is Pharrell's team. Pharrell's, uh-huh. uh, his okay. team. We've, we've been going back and forth with because you know you only at some point you you have to just um, work through one at a time because when you get down to three, you, you're spending you, you're spending time, you're spending hours, human hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you have lawyers involved. You know, you're going back and forth looking at funding intent. Um, letter of intent, funding, and funding formulas, and who who's going to do what, parking, infrastructure. So you kind of get into the nitty gritty. So and I then, don't you know, do politics. Oh, I don't know the answer <laughs> to this question. So when you yeah. say you're looking at three seriously, and you look at one at a time, how do taxpayers know that any government has sincerely looked at like the top three? How do we know that there hasn't just been oh we we. We had three, but we just looked at one really closely. How how do we know that? Because yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good, good question. So so that's a good question. So the council we 
myself uh, and the, or the council and I, we allow the staff to bring the recommendations. We do, we're not on the team. We're not on the review team. Mm-hmm. I have never been on a, re, uh, a review team looking at contracts or proposals and no one on the council. We have professional staff made up of city manager, attorneys, and, and others. They will um, do the deep dive, and okay. they will crunch the numbers. They will, they will run all the analysis, and they will even employ outside experts, subject matter experts, for if it's an, if it's an arena, a casino, a casino, if it's a, a development where the city is going to participate, um, and they will they will narrow it down and say here is our recommendation based on um, what you've asked us to do in the RFP. So that's how we know that's how we can keep uh, that integrity. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know the the, the, the to, to to avoid all the appearances of impropriety or uh, or any type of um. As you noted, you know, how do you know the taxpayer is getting, you know, it, it, it's a recommendation coming from the staff, not from council. I get it. Calvert Square and Young Terrace, update on those? Yeah, so Calvert Square and Young Terrace, when we apply it for the CNI grant, the Choice Neighborhood Grant, to to, to transform Tidewater, Calvert and Young's, they weren't in that CNI grant. The Choice Neighborhood Grant was only, only for Tidewater Gardens. So right now, um, we don't have an application. We don't have a um, a path to to renovate or do the transformation of Tidewater and Youngs. I'm sorry, Youngs and Calvert. Mm-hmm. The first thing we would have to do is do the same thing we did with Tidewater. We have to go out and have a conversation with the people. Mm-hmm. That's how we approached Tidewater. We went out and I personally went out and met with residents to hear their stories and, and what they wanted for their community, uh, what type of community that, that they that they envisioned, and what was being built in Tidewater um, largely is what we heard people wanted walkable, bikeable. Yeah. Um, communities. They wanted amenities. They wanted to be well lit. They wanted on-street parking. They wanted back doors. Um, they wanted some detached, some, some, some units to be detached. Um, they wanted, uh, you know, like a clubhouse or, or, or fitness area. They wanted multiple places to, to go for relaxation and gathering a town square. They wanted a place where they could assemble. And, and so what you will see in the renderings and the proposals for Tidewater is just that. It's it's what we were told by the residents that right. what they wanted. And, and so the same approach would, in my opinion, would have to be done for, Ty, for Young's and Calvert. Mm-hmm. It's engagement. We have to go out and engage and listen, have meetings, in community, in community, go out and, and have those meetings and bring, and bring the entire city hall and the entire housing authority. And we go as a team um, because you do it with, not for. 
you do it with residents. You're not doing it for them. Yeah, you do it with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and hear their voices and let them tell you in their own words um, what they envision for Calvert and, and, and Young. And Young. I have to ask you this. Uh, dealing with your business, Metropolitan Funeral Home, I am concerned when I pick up the newspaper and I see people are acting differently at funeral services these days. Can you please address this and and put a word out and ask people please to calm down and respect what's going on? Yeah, you know, um, every person deserves um, to have their memorial, their their home going, yes. their funeral service. Um, and at Metropolitan, we believe that um, given the family an opportunity to, to memorialize and celebrate their, their loved one, we, we, we are, we are servants. We are serving, we're serving the family and the community in that, in that transition. Um, yeah, people should respect the wishes of, of, of the family um, in a way that reflects our values and mm-hmm. beliefs mm-hmm. Um, and of, of dignity and, and goodwill. Um, yeah, we, we've seen people act out at funerals. Um, you know, we... We have seen people come to funerals and, and be disrespectful. Not only in funerals, we at, at the cemetery or oh at the church. Wow! Uh, outside of the hospital, if you go to the emergency room right now, you may see four or five police cars parked. I, I don't know. Last time you've you know, been by a hospital, been by an emergency room, but any any given evening, go by go by an emergency room, and you see why do we have so many police cars? parked outside of the emergency room. Mm-hmm. It's because one is safety, public safety. It's their concern of our first responders, our, our nurses, our nurse practitioners, our ER doctors, our EMTs, their concern that someone who's been injured or been hurt and they are afraid that the person who, who, um, who perpetrator or the alleged perpetrator, or the alleged shooter or, Aggressor may show up at the emergency room. Right, right. I got it. I but got you it. put so many other people that putting so many people uh, in a very un, very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable place and in space. I think so, we yeah. got to get back to loving people instead of all of this nonsense. We only yeah. have a few minutes left in the program. We have like three minutes, Doctor Alexander. What would you say to people about? the midterm elections that just passed and, and the future of America, what would you say? Yeah, I think that uh, independents and moderates and people of goodwill um, made their, their, um, their opinion heard by, um, by not voting for what was supposed to have been a, a wave. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the, 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 the Supreme Court decision certainly played a role. January 6th, uh, the attack on democracy at the Capitol uh, played a role. 
Um, and I think that uh, people are are concerned. I believe more people are now tuning in and paying attention to their government in ways that I think you're right. It never happened before. It's, I think you're one so time right. people just I'm just going to vote red. I'm just going to vote blue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are people want to hear the candidate. They want people are interested in the issues, mm-hmm. and um, it's about the pocketbook. You know, it's about you know inflation. The cost of everything is is high. I um I, I was just preparing for Thanksgiving, and things cost forty percent more than. They did a few years, a year ago, just everything, like 40 percent more Mm -hmm. for the basic Thanksgiving meal. Mm -hmm. People are concerned when when they're when people don't have enough money to 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 buy the necessities, buy the basics. It's not Republicans, not Democrat. People want people want to know what are our leaders going to do about things like the cost of gas, right. rent, right. food, medicine, everything is high. Mm-hmm. And wages, maybe 2%, 3%. Inflation, 8 So there's a gap. So there's, if you only got 2 or 3% and, 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 and wages is only, you know, uh, uh, inflation is 8 9%, there, there's a gap. There's a 6%. Where's that, where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, big gap. Uh, Mr. Mayor, we are running out of time. I want to okay, thank you so good much. Be with you, Cheryl. I appreciate you taking out the time out of your day to talk to us today. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thank you so much. Be well. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. You all, thank Bye-bye. you for listening. This has been On the Line. Have a great Sunday. I'm Cheryl Wilkerson. You know, we do this every Sunday at 11 a.m., and I'm just pleased when you all join the conversation. As I said earlier, don't forget, you can always, if you missed an episode, you can go to the WNSB YouTube channel, okay? You all have a great Sunday. Behold the green and gold.